0: Happy Friday, welcome in to the Chiefs Zone podcast, or happy Labor Day weekend, depending whenever you are listening to this podcast. Hope you guys are having a great start to your long holiday weekend. Appreciate you guys downloading this episode of the Chiefs Zone podcast, being a part of your holiday weekend. Uh, A lot to get into as the Canton Chiefs defeated the Green Bay Packers in the preseason finale, and obviously a game full of a lot of active activity. So didn't see a lot of your favorite players, but still some good things from Kansas City side of the football that will make decisions difficult for Andy Reid and the rest of the Chiefs coaching staff. I'll talk about some of the players who shined in this game and who I think certainly locked up a roster spot as well as the breaking news of a trade involving the Kansas City Chiefs. And also, I, a lot of people think David Amerson's on his way out, uh, especially going back to that trade. I will talk about all of that later on in this episode, plus, I've got something i, I got to address later on with you guys on the Facebook page about a story that I had gotten a lot of flack over for no reason, and I'll address that later on as well. It was probably Raiders fans, but hey, who cares about them? I, I mean, they're Raiders fans, but uh, I'll address that later on in the podcast. I want to let you guys know, you guys can get in touch with me in a couple of ways. One way is the Facebook page. Uh, If you're a Raiders fan, hey, look, you're still encouraged to interact with me. Uh, Not just Chiefs fans, any fans. I'm open to all fans interacting, but sometimes things get a little crazy on there. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. That's my Facebook page. Like it. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. And you can also email me, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Share it with your friends. You can subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. I wrote an article on ArrowheadAddict.com, and I don't want to get into the details of this too much. Uh, I'll actually go into it on a different episode later in the weekend. Uh, Actually, it'll be out on Tuesday. That's when we will recap the uh, roster cuts, which will take place. The deadline is uh, on September the 1st at 3 o'clock Central Standard Time, Uh, but I wrote an article on Arrowhead Addict about the loss of Marcus Peters because this is still being talked about and everyone wants to bring this up because of how the cornerbacks have looked this preseason more specifically the starting cornerback and I know a lot of that circulates around David Amerson and I'll get into Amerson a little bit later I I don't want to focus on that right now for this topic but I wrote about how the after effect for losing Marcus Peters trading him away could be very similar to a trade that was made nearly 10 years ago, to the to the date of when the Peters trade happened. And that was with Jared Allen moving on to Minnesota. Now, I, I've heard a lot of people immediately defend this trade, saying, well, first of all, the, the, the Chiefs got uh, Jamal Charles and Jared Allen from that trade. I mean, they didn't directly get... Uh, Jamal Charles from that exact, if you want to look at the exact picks that the Chiefs got from that trade, it wasn't exactly Jamal Charles's uh, draft choice from Minnesota. The thing about that trade, it allowed Kansas City to be very flexible in that draft in 2008. They, instead of having to pick between Brandon Albert and Glenn Dorsey with the fifth overall pick, they ended up getting Glenn Dorsey fifth overall. Didn't pan out to do too well, but at the time looked like it was going to be a great pick. And then 10 picks later, the Chiefs traded up two spots to snag Brandon Albert, getting the two guys that they were probably debating over for a long time, over who they wanted with the fifth pick. And it also allowed them to be very flexible later on. They got Brandon Albert in the second round. They got another good cornerback later on in that draft with uh, Brandon Carwell Franklin, uh, a wide receiver product out of Mizzou. A lot of people, of course, excited for that. A local guy. Uh, and then in that third round, uh, the Chiefs were very versatile. Uh, getting a couple of guys on offense. And Jamal Charles and Brad Cottom also getting Dewan Morgan. Uh, so, so, so the Jared Allen trade allowed the Chiefs to be very flexible. Whereas with the Marcus Peters trade, you're not getting much of that. However... I will say this. The thing about the Marcus Peters trade, I'm not comparing what the Chiefs are getting in return. I the reason I'm making those comparisons, I'm making the comparisons based on what I think the immediate impact is going to be. And I I know many of you guys probably don't want to remember this, but do you, if you guys remember the immediate impact from the Jared Allen trade, the Chiefs set a an NFL record, not a good record to set for fewest sacks. In a single season by a team. And that was 11. And not a very good season for the Chiefs defensively that year. And that was in 2008. This is the season after Jared Allen was traded away. After leading the league in sacks with 14 and a half. Despite being suspended for the first two games. So you have that. Which happened in 2008. You look at 2018 coming up. Who do the Chiefs have that they can rely on when it comes to getting interceptions? Eric Berry's a great safety, but he's only he's never had more than 4 in a single season. Kendall Fuller's good, but he's never been known to be a ball-hawking guy either. Outside of that, there are 3 guys who had one interception each who are returning players. Uh that's all you have. Your leader in interceptions last year, Marcus Peters, he's gone. Terrence Mitchell was second on the team in picks with 4 and Ron Parker had three, and none of them are on the team anymore. You have Dan Sorensen. Uh, he had a pick last year. Let me just quickly bring that list up. I know I said I didn't want to go too much into detail, but hey, I mean, why not? Sorensen had a pick. Uh, Chris Jones also had a pick. And Terrence Smith also had a pick. Uh, but he's no longer on the team. Keith Reeser is, uh, or excuse me, uh, Stephen Terrell also had a pick, but you don't have a lot of returning players in terms of good returning players in terms of guys who had a lot of interceptions last year. And I love the outdoors, man. I really do. Uh, Of course, you guys can hear that in the background. Uh, Definitely a busy day in the neighborhood to start off the weekend. But no, uh, nonetheless, here's the problem with the Chiefs. You just don't have the resources to have all these great talented guys that can help you come away with interceptions could the Marcus Peters trade and the Jared Allen trade have similar after effects the Chiefs set an NFL record for fewest sacks in a single season they could come very close to an NFL record for fewest picks uh this season they almost did that in 2014 uh they might do that uh, this season. I, I I really hope not, because this is uh, a, a defense that I think can do better, uh, but I don't know. Uh, it, it does kind of cross my mind uh, now, after seeing what I've seen in the preseason, because th- this Chiefs unit has not been very good. Uh, yeah, Kendall Fuller and, and Eric Berry, I think they're going to have good seasons, but they're not known to be guys who collect a lot of interceptions. They, they just don't do that, and let me just get into that right now, The Chiefs did trade Parker Inniger, not official yet. The Chiefs have not made a formal announcement about this or anything, but the Chiefs trade Parker Inniger to the Dallas Cowboys for undrafted free agent uh, cornerback, Charverius Ward. So, for those who have been wanting a cornerback on the team, well, they they, they go after uh, Orlando Skandrick, also a former Cowboy, and. Uh, they get another cornerback uh, in Charvarius Ward. Not exactly sure what's going on with the Bashad Breeland situation, but it appears Kansas City is moving away from that because they've picked up two cornerbacks since visiting with Bashad Breeland. Yeah, I've got to say I'm very surprised by that because the Chiefs let him stick around and practice and he was in St. Joe for about a day and a half, two days maybe. Uh, so I, I don't know what happened with that situation exactly, why he did not come to Kansas City. He is still a free agent, Uh, so uh, look, if if other teams uh, are on the same boat as the Chiefs and not signing him, there's probably a reason for that. Uh, Maybe reasons that we don't know, we'll never know, but uh, there you have it. Listen, uh, I I don't know what's going to happen to the Chiefs in terms of interceptions. Turnovers are such a key part of, of the game. And I don't want to judge a player based on how many interceptions they have. I don't think that's a fair way to rate whether or not someone's elite. If that if that's how we judge cornerbacks and safeties, well, then Eric Berry should be having, what, eight to ten picks per year in order to be considered elite. Uh, Eric Berry does get some picks, and when he gets a hand on the football, he makes some special plays. Uh, but everyone knows uh, he's such a great cover safety, and quarterbacks are afraid to throw it his direction because they know he's always going to be there to make some sort of a play uh, whether it's breaking up a pass, getting a pick, uh, just destroying ball carriers or players who are being targeted, not letting them get a hand on it. Uh, and that's a big reason why Eric Berry is so elite. But you got to have some interceptions to 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 count for. And I don't know if Kansas City is going to have a lot of those this season. That's something to keep in mind. Let me know your thoughts on that. Facebook.com slash Visugian, Twitter.com slash Farzine 2 1. And my email is farzian at farzianfasugian.com. Now, no. I know what everyone's going to say. Does that mean David Emerson's gone? No. He's he's not going anywhere. I, 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 if I had to put money down right now, I don't think David Emerson is going to get cut. I think he stays. Was he good this preseason? No. By the way, so someone said that uh, he didn't play in the preseason, which is an indication that he's going to get cut. A lot of players did not play in the preseason. That doesn't mean they're going to get A lot of starters don't. And I think, and as a matter of fact, if he didn't play, I actually think that's an encouraging sign that the Chiefs have seen enough from him that they're going to keep him. Uh, now again, I, I say this a lot. Uh, I think we get shocked by some of the results with these roster cuts and the fact that we do see guys who didn't have a good preseason make the team. Maybe there was something that happened in uh, all the training camp practices that obviously aren't televised, and maybe they did something there to earn their roster spots, to earn their keep on the team. Uh, So I I, I see Emerson staying on the team. I just want to pose this question one more time, because I know I've been saying this a lot. If you want David Emerson cut, who do you want in place of him? You don't have a lot of options. You truly don't. I mean, I know a lot of people were upset with fans who were wanting Alex Smith to be benched, but if you want a guy to be benched, you have to pose uh, some sort of an alternative. Who should be starting a place of him? And a lot of people had the name of Patrick Mahomes, obviously an easy one to go to because he was drafted so high. Uh, But but I hear this a lot with Major League Baseball. Fans want a certain player sent down to the minor leagues because he's not doing so well in in the majors. Okay, who do you want your team to call up? You have to have some sort of an alternative. Uh, Listen, if you look at all 30 teams in baseball, there's always someone on the the roster, uh, maybe a a second baseman or an outfielder, whoever, who maybe isn't putting up a lot of great stats and isn't doing well and is hitting on the 8 or 9 spot of their baseball team. Uh, but there is a reason why they are in the majors and why someone in the minors hasn't been called up yet. If you look at Kansas City's cornerbacks right now, and I've read the depth chart before, it's not, it's n- nothing exciting to look at. It's really not. Uh, this is not a very good group. It's a very thin group, in fact. And again, we can go back to the Marcus Peters thing and, and say, why did we trade him? Uh, I, I mean, that's going to be a, a mystery forever, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I'm pretty nervous about this uh the, this position group. I really am not exactly sure how it's going to pan out or if the Chiefs are going to have a lot of turnovers, especially interceptions in 2018. And I do want to say one more thing about the Marcus Peters thing because I know uh, a lot of... there are, we, we, we could go down the middle. There are 50% of Chiefs fans who are upset about Marcus Peters' leaving and 50% who want this topic to end. I'm just going to say right now this topic's not going to end anytime soon. If Marcus Peters gets off to a hot start with the Rams, especially with to Tlaib on the other side with him, uh, it's going to be brought up. If he plays poorly, then the other side, the people who want the topic to end, they will recreate the topic by reminding fans how terrible he is with the Rams. And then, keep in mind, on Monday Night Football, uh, late November, these two teams play each other in Mexico City. So, if Mark, regardless how Marcus Peters does, whether he plays great against Mahomes, or who, hopefully it's still Mahomes at that point, or if it's someone else, uh, just depending how more so on the importance of how Marcus Peters does in that game, everyone's going to talk about that, that trade again. It, it's going to be the main topic going into that game, and it's going to be the post-game narrative after the game. The Chiefs were either right or wrong in trading Patrick Mahomes. That was the narrative uh, for Alex Smith when the Chiefs played the 49ers in 2014. Alex Smith had an opportunity to win the game late in in the fourth quarter. He throws a pick to seal the deal. And Everyone came to the conclusion that, look, the 49ers proved why the team kept Colin Kaepernick over Alex Smith that offseason. Uh, the offseason when the Chiefs did trade uh, for Alex Smith, that is. They, which was the offseason before that game happened, exactly. But you get the idea. Uh, a lot of times with these big, big trades, people don't like to put the seal and stamp until they see that player go up against their former team. That's when people judge the most as to whether or not a team made the right move in training a player or not. So we'll see uh, how that storyline goes as the season goes on, and more specifically in late November when these two teams square off just south of the border of the U.S. Now some good things to talk about. The Chiefs won against the Green Bay Packers 33-21, shutting down the Packers in the second half. Second time they've done that this preseason where... They were a little bit behind, but when the backups came in, uh, well, the backups were already in in this game, but when some of the uh, guys near the bottom of their depth charts came in, uh, that's when this, this unit, the third and fourth string guys, really turned the corner and found a way to lead the Chiefs to victory in doing so against the Falcons and also doing it against... The Packers. This was a 33-21 score. And the Chiefs had a lot of players who definitely shined in this football game. Uh, a couple of guys who have been in the league for a couple of years, but also some guys who are new to the sport. Uh, they're rookies, undrafted guys, and, and guys who are trying to make a name for themselves. And uh, definitely worth uh, bringing up some of these names right now. I'll start with two quarterbacks. Uh, Matt McGloin, who played a very good game. 10 of 18 for 127 yards and uh, also had a touchdown pass in this game. Also threw a pick in this one as well. Uh, Chase Litton looked very good too, 13 of 21 for 166 yards passing, leading the Chiefs in this game. Uh, this was a guy who probably had the best game of the night despite suffering a hamstring injury. Byron Pringle, four catches, 122 yards, longest catch for 62 yards, was targeted seven times in this game. But not only that, he also had a kickoff return that went for 47 yards. Uh, had he stayed in bounds, or maybe just had one little bit of help uh in the blocking area there maybe he's loose and runs all the way for a touchdown but barely went out of bounds and uh was ruled out uh but still a 47-yard return uh I mean that, that that that's pretty good right there especially for a guy who's trying to make a roster a team's roster uh you have a great game on offense and you also make a big statement on special teams coaches love that they really do if you play really well on offense or defense That's one thing, but if you also do some things on special teams, that increases your chances of making a team. It really does, and gosh, I I mean, this hamstring injury that Byron Pringle suffered does not look very good. Andy Reid kind of has funny ways of describing injuries, but the way he made it sound in uh, Thursday's post-game press conference sounds like Pringles' season could be done before it even starts, which is unfortunate, but hopefully the Chiefs keep him around and give him another shot next year because this is someone who I really want to see stick around for, for quite a while. Uh, I, I think he's similar to the fact that in, you look at Demarcus Robinson. Uh, he shined in a couple of preseasons for the Chiefs. And now he's a guy who made some plays uh, in the regular season for Kansas City and might have a better role this season on the team. We'll we'll, we'll see with the roster cuts. But I think he, he's a very underrated guy and, and someone who could uh, have a hand in Kansas City success offensively. Not, not just Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, and Travis Kelsey. I, I think he could also be uh, a, a key target for Mahomes in 2018. But but, but you get the idea. I, I think Byron Pringle could follow that Demarcus Robinson kind of path. Have a couple of good preseasons. Uh, excel in two phases of the game. And earn his spot on a roster. Uh, again, hoping for the best with these injuries. Uh, injuries just suck. They really do. Uh, but it may, it looks like he may be placed on IR. The, ex, the exact extent of that injury is unknown for now. Switching over to the defensive side of the football and some great plays made for sure by the Chiefs. Uh, Dorian O'Daniel, uh, third round draft pick for the Kansas City Chiefs, seven tackles in this game, leading the team in that category. McIntyre Dorleant had an interception, taking it all the way back for a touchdown, making some defenders miss when he didn't have any blocking help. Yeah, he got some great blocking to start with, but eventually you know that that, that dies down, especially with your defensive guys. Uh, they're not known to be blockers as much, so uh, you got to make some plays for yourself too if you really want to go into the end zone, and Dorliant did exactly that. Second time this preseason, the Chiefs took an interception back for a touchdown, and Dorleant doing so for the second time for the team. Uh, Ben Neiman was the first one to do so this preseason, doing so against the Falcons. Here's a name that a lot of people have been talking about, Armani Watts. Uh, Took advantage of two passes that were overthrown, stayed in the post, and came away with two picks in this one. People might say, well, they were overthrown. He didn't do much of that. Guys, people... Always want to find a way to not give someone credit. And I and I hate that. I really do. If you look at... I remember when Tim, Tim, Tim Tebow... Excuse me. Tim Tebow, when he threw that touchdown pass against the Steelers in overtime in the playoffs on the very first play, people refused to give him credit for it because the safeties for Pittsburgh bid on the play action and Tebow was able to find Demarius Thomas easily. And I don't think that's a fair way to... I just don't think that that's unfair to not give someone credit for fooling a secondary and being able to find that hole. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, the reason those guys have been so successful in their careers, Drew Brees, you, 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 we can put together a big list of great quarterbacks. They've been so great because they've taken advantage of defensive backs not doing so well. And maybe they allow a receiver to get open. Maybe not every quarterback would be able to make that read and make that play, but those guys have been able to. And I don't think it's fair that people want to take credit away from Armani Watts because he took advantage of two overthrown passes. I I just don't think that's fair. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you are playing against the 32nd ranked run-stopping defense. At the end of the day, Kareem Hunt can never apologize for the fact that he steamrolled a terrible defense, and he led the league in rushing because Ezekiel Elliott was suspended for six games or however many games it was last season. Uh, you never apologize for any bit of success. If, if if you do well, if you succeed, if you come up with a big play or two and you find a way to win, you take the win and you move on. That's the way it works in sports. So I, I, I'm happy to see Armani Watts. Uh, regardless how it happened, coming away with two picks. That's huge. Certainly huge for him. and A rookie like him, who a lot of people think could be uh, a starter in the future for the Kansas City Chiefs. Last name I want to bring up is Harrison Butker, who uh, definitely delivered in this football game four field goals. And let's not forget, Kansas City's offense struggled last season in the red zone, uh, finishing 29th to be exact. When you don't finish a lot of good drives with touchdowns, you better make sure you have a kicker who will limit his misses and be able to point put points on the board for you if your offense struggles with that more than they should. And that was the case for Kansas City at times last season, uh, more so in the red zone. And luckily, Butker did exactly that. Coming through for the Chiefs, when the offense couldn't put up a score, uh, had four field goals in this one. Uh, made all four of them and that's something you need. Uh, Who who knows how this offense will go exactly with Pat Mahomes, especially early on when the growing pains could still be there, but uh, Harrison Butker, obviously, a a record-breaking season as a rookie last year for uh, most uh, field goals made as a rookie in a single season, Uh, also shattering the Chiefs record for most field goals made in a year. Uh, I I like what I saw from him, and I expect a lot more from him. I, I think his production level should go down, but that's a good thing because that means your offense is putting Up more points on the scoreboard, they're coming, they're ending drives with touchdowns rather than having to put uh, your kicker out there. Uh, yeah, listen, it's a, it's a great thing if you never use your punter in a game, uh, at least it should be a good thing. Maybe there are times where that would not be the case, but more times than not, if your punter never steps onto the field, uh, that could be a good sign where you never had to punt the football and you scored on every drive. Uh, who knows? And unless your punter's is a holder, that's obviously a different situation, but you get the idea. Uh, hopefully, the Chiefs' uh, offense will improve, and if it doesn't, you know you have a player you can lean on and Harrison Butker to come through and at least give your team some sort of points on on longer drives that didn't end in a score. All right, I'm seeing a lot of tweets, by the way, because I tweeted this morning about the uh, my thoughts, at least on the... David Emerson deal. This is this is going to be very interesting to see. I think a lot of people, if there's one player they have their eye on for the roster cuts, it's David Emerson. Uh, a lot of people are saying they would rather see a younger guy step in there, especially a younger guy that's under contract beyond this season, because David Emerson's on a one year deal, and I get that. But you don't you don't plan for the future necessarily uh, in this moment right now. Uh, you your teams are focusing on 2018. Are there teams that could be in a situation like Pat like having Pat Mahomes and you show them the ropes before the following season? I don't know. You yeah, you could, but more times than not, especially with starting positions, uh you don't you don't use that as progress. That's what you do in the preseason and in training camp. But man, I don't know if um, if I like the idea of Damon Emerson being cut, not because, and I said in the offseason, this guy's been underrated in the in the past for sure. He really has been. But this preseason, he hasn't looked good. And I, I'm not sure. I understand a lot of people's frustration with him in the preseason. But man, I don't think there is any, who, who can do better in his position right now? If you cut David Emerson right now, who do you put in there? I don't know if you have a reliable guy. I really don't. Let me know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash Twitter.com slash farzine 21 And my email, Farzine at FarzeeVesugian.com. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. I'm sure you've all heard the news by now. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the Packers. Who, by the way, did not make this trip to Kansas City. Uh, he, probably because he was busy celebrating, uh, earned his contract $134 million, the richest contract in NFL history, because now every offseason it just seems like you have to set the bar higher and higher. Uh, look, uh, is he worth that? I don't know. I, I I thought I knew these things, but I really don't. Nowadays, you don't even have to have multiple championships in order to get that kind of money. The only person who I feel like even deserves that kind of money is Tom Brady. Five Super Bowl rings and several more appearances? I mean, how do you, how do you not earn that kind of deal? I, I feel like he's the only one worthy of that kind of a contract. Just seems like it. Uh, but I guess certain statistics, can, and if you have a really good agent, they can always pull through for you. And look, Aaron Rodgers has played great, no doubt about it. Um, You know, is he at fault for some of Green Bay's woes in the playoffs and not being able to have more championships since he's been there? I don't know. Uh, That's always a difficult topic to go into. I I don't think he's certainly the reason, but, um, you know, if he's played well and if he's always put his position in team to succeed and get to a championship, then, yeah, sure, I guess he, he is worthy of this kind of a deal. And it just seems like players are going to set the bar higher and higher each year and what they're demanding uh, oh well this guy made more last year i do better than him because of these lists of reasons give me the money and they, that ends up happening more often now and you're starting to see that and by the way Danica Patrick uh, the former race car driver who's dating Aaron Rodgers uh, they celebrated she she bought uh, some super expensive uh, champagne, bottle of champagne uh, Ace of Spades bottle uh, yeah, And here's the thing. You know how this works, right? I mean, uh, sure, Danica Patrick has a lot of money herself, but certainly not as much money as Aaron Rodgers. You know she's going to be sticking around for a long time because of that money. I mean, that's just the way it works. Come on. Another big story in the NFL this week, the Jets traded away Teddy Bridgewater to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Bridgewater says he doesn't mind waiting behind Drew Brees. Maybe the best bet for him uh, you know, with some of the struggles he's had in his career, kind of an up and down uh, career for him. Uh, maybe you wait behind Drew Brees for a year or two, then you take over. But from the Jets' side of things, uh, obviously they were confident in uh, in Sam Darnold. They traded with the Indianapolis Colts to get that number three overall pick, and you know, you take a QB in the top five or even in the top ten, uh, you probably got to go with him. And you look at the the QBs that were taken early in this year's draft. The Jets traded up and end up getting a quarterback. You look at the Buffalo Bills, they traded up to get Josh Allen 7th overall, and the Cardinals uh, traded up with the Raiders 10th overall to get Josh Rosen. So w- w- when you see these kinds of... Uh, this was a really good year for, for quarterbacks in the draft, and with that kind of demand and, and how popular these players were, these quarterbacks were, I think it's a good move for the Jets to move forward. Get that uh, get that going with, with your young guy uh, and, and see how far you can go And hopefully he can get better as the Jets try to bring in more resources to build a better offense for Sam Darnold in the Jets in the near future. Final topic I want to touch on here, and I don't want to get too much into this. I know we can spend a lot of time on this, but Colin Kaepernick, I'm sure you guys heard, uh, so far as the upper hand on the NFL, an arbitrator denied the NFL's request for a summary uh, judgment in a collusion case against the NFL, and now moving it toward a hearing. And I guess Colin Kaepernick's suing this to... Increases chances in getting a job in the NFL. But look, I, I just don't know at the end of the day if any legal system in the court of law can force a team to, uh, to sign a guy. I just don't think that's doable. I really don't. And I'll say this. Look, people want to talk about ratings. Ratings for everything are going down because people are cutting the cord and going digital and whatnot. But as far as NFL ratings go they will skyrocket when Colin Kaepernick gets back because all the people who have supported him will want to watch his game and see him do well and prove to everyone that, hey, he should have been signed all along. And then people who are strongly against his stance, they will rub it in if he gets sacked or throws a pick or has a bad game. Everyone's going to watch because they either want to see him do really well or do really terrible. Sounds crazy, oddly enough, but Kaepernick could be the guy that could bring a lot of eyes back to football let's go out of bounds college football season underway this weekend and i want to talk about k-state for a moment because they've been picked sixth in uh preseason polls uh for the big 12 they got two uh first place votes and you know what's interesting? Bill Snyder finds himself in this position uh, a lot with preseason polls. You look at 2012 when the when the Wildcats were ranked, and that was actually a pretty good year for the Big 12. You generally don't hear that a lot uh, about the uh, the Big 12 when it comes to football. Every team that year was ranked except for KU. Nine of the ten teams were ranked at some point uh, in the AP Top 25. But K-State, they started the season six in the rankings. And they won the Big 12 uh, eventually as the season went on. Now, kind of a heartbreaking ending, uh, losing the second-to-last game of the season. Almost, at one point, they were ranked number one and were on their way to a national title game under Bill Snyder. Uh, But you suffer that loss, I believe that was to Baylor, and then you lose... In uh, one of the BCS bowl games to Oregon, so kind of a tough ending for the Wildcats. But look, yeah, uh, you, you just always are in good hands under Bill Snyder, who just recently got an extension. Uh, as old as he is, wow, uh, crazy, crazy to hear. But uh, this is this is good to see because this is the position I think Bill Snyder prefers to be in. You you know, how your players not be happy with the ranking? You know, feel that disrespect and. Coach them up and make them want to prove everybody wrong. I think that's the style of football Bill Snyder has always uh, has always just welcomed, and I think that can always help a team like K State under Bill Snyder do well, and eventually come through and and make some noise in the Big Twelve. I, you keep an eye on on the Wildcats this year because I think a, a, as long as you've got Snyder there. This team's always going to have an opportunity to really surprise people and uh, always find ways to uh, overcome adversity. And that's always been the case with that team under Bill Snyder. Another topic I want to touch on, KSI versus Logan Paul, the two big YouTubers who I really don't know much about other than the controversy with Logan Paul. And by the way, he thinks he can now fight in the UFC, which which is quite comical. But that reportedly sold 800,000 pay-per-view buys. KSI says it sold more than 1 million pay-per-view buys, and you hear conflicting reports about these things a lot. Dana White claims that the McGregor-Mayweather uh, pay-per-view buys had more uh, uh, had more than, than the Packie, uh, Pacquiao and Mayweather fight, although reports indicate otherwise. So you, you never know with these things. You hear different things from different people. Uh, but here's the thing I want to get to. Obviously, uh, I don't care for these two. I don't really even know much about these guys. But obviously, a lot of people out there care about them. These guys are YouTube, quote-unquote, celebrities. There are a lot of YouTube celebrities. Now, 10 years ago, there were only 10 YouTube celebrities. Now, there are a bunch of them. YouTubers need to collaborate and do these kinds of things more often. not necessarily saying you got to have a boxing match on pay-per-view, but these guys have... A large audience and people who for the most part like them they don't have a lot of haters maybe a few here and there but it's not like these guys are politicians where they have a lot of people who are against them or what they stand for but overall these guys have a strong following and they can collaborate work together bring that kind of crossover and get a lot of people to tune into something that can draw a lot of money and i don't know exactly what they want to do with the money that was made from the 800,000 pay-per-view buys or 1 million however many it was Hopefully some of it goes to charity, you know, whatever these guys want to do with it. Hopefully they do some of that. But if more YouTubers do these kinds of things, there's a lot of money that can be made with collaboration with other YouTubers. And you need more of that. With all the negativity in the world we, we, we hear about sometimes, these kinds of things would be encouraged. And it would be nice to, to see more of these kinds of things moving forward and bring this kind of positivity and bring people together for fun events. Like what Logan Paul and and, and KSI did for a boxing match. Final thing I want to touch on. Usain Bolt. Speaking of being able to attract eyes to something. He made his soccer debut playing for the Central Coast Mariners. and A-League football club. Uh, Nearly 10,000 people in attendance. Which is 2,500 more than usual for a Central Coast Mariners game. Hey look. Kind of what I was saying about the YouTubers thing. If you're a big name and you... Do some sort of a crossover, you go to another store, whatever the case may be, you can bring a lot of eyes in simply because of your public persona, your public stature. And everyone's going to want to tune in because they just want to have the opportunity to say that they saw you do this. And why not? Uh, If it can bring more attention to something fun and popular, why not? Uh, You never know what could come out of it in the future following that. And hopefully we see more things like that in the future. Final segment of the show. Let's throw some penalty flags. Everyone knows it's been a bad year for the Kansas City Royals, who have 90-plus losses and are for sure on, on their way to 100. Uh, but gosh, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys all saw this last week. Uh, out of the right field bullpen, some sort of uh, pipe was busted and you started to see uh, flooding in the warning track. And the grounds crew, and by the way, props to these guys for the job they have because that's not an easy one. It, 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 I mean, you expect the unexpected sometimes too with jobs like that. And they had to start uh, cleaning up the flooding over at right field in the warning track and push all the water to the drain until they could shut the... Uh, the water off, but... Uh, I mean, man, is that not a metaphor of the royal season? Yeah, it just has to be. And I also think, like, if, whether you're religious or not, I'm not too religious, but, man, I just think that God has a sense of humor sometimes. And he, and he creates things like this to happen. Th- this is an exact metaphor of the royal season. It's an indication of how bad the season has gone. And by the way, there have been some funny memes about, like, the royals... uh you know, their seasons sinking and whatnot with all these funny memes with the flooding in the background. I mean, come on. You've got to have a sense of humor for these kinds of things sometimes. Uh, kind of a bizarre event that that took place. And man, for a long night. But hey, uh, I, I mean, kind of you, you just never see that. Kind of surprising that doesn't happen more often at Coffin Stadium. Considering it, that's right where the fountains are, sort of. And uh, that's the first time that's ever happened at the K. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a metaphor of the royal season, for sure. I need to go back to this Packers Chiefs preseason game because a lot of Packers fans were there. And look, if you want to attend a preseason game, that's your choice. Fine, but if you're losing by two or three scores in a preseason game in, in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, late in the fourth quarter of the fourth preseason game, don't don't be too uptight about it. I, I mean, there were Packers fans chanting "Go Pack Go" while they were losing late in in the fourth preseason game. Listen, fans are fans. I, I'm all for fans supporting their teams and also speaking out against their teams because they pay money to, for tickets, merchandise, parking, whatever, I, I, all these things. Uh, so fans should have the right to speak out against their teams when they're not doing well. But, uh, I, I mean, come on. You, you're, you're down by two scores. What are you chanting, go, pack, go for, especially on the road? It's a preseason game. Wrap it up and go home. I know uh, Cubs fans were ch- uh, chanting their jingle or their theme song, whatever. Go Cubs Go or whatever uh, at Coffin Stadium. But they did it in a regular season game after a win. At least they do it for a meaningful game. Okay, I have something I really need to address here with uh, a few of you guys on social media. let me just say, I love interacting with listeners, I really do, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, email, I, I mean, I get a lot of those, okay, and I always love the fun, even if you disagree with me on a topic, or whatever the case is, we can always have fun talking about certain things. Uh, lately on the Facebook page, things have been getting a little interesting, so, uh, the first topic we talked about, uh, that, that where this issue kind of rose... Um it had to do with the uh the Falcons trolling the Chiefs saying they're not in Kansas anymore, or any Mo M-O-lame joke, but you we you talked about that already. Um someone mentioned that it's a terrible joke in that Clark Hunt even quote lives in uh Kansas City, Missouri, quote unquote full time. And I told this person, no, Clark Hunt doesn't live in Kansas City, actually. This has been talked about. Then the uh, guy started to say I was wrong. I was an idiot, Dan. I mean, look. I, I mean, I've been called an idiot many times. I don't care what people have to say on their phones or on their keyboards about me. Uh, I'm used to. I'm used to people, you know, bashing me when they're on their keyboards. I mean, that's nothing new. But when someone tries to tell me I'm wrong about something, and they're really confident that they're right and I'm wrong, and the guy actually wanted to bet money against me, I didn't even put an offer or anything. But uh, I basically posted the articles that showed that Clark Hunt lives in Dallas, Texas. We talked about the Albert Wilson incident where he kneeled in a preseason game for the Dolphins this preseason. And somebody commented and said this is why he was not retained by the Chiefs. Because of, he pro- of the protesting. Albert Wilson never protested last year for the Chiefs. This is how fake news spreads, unfortunately. Whether you like the president or not, he does have a point in the in the fact that some people, and I don't agree with his stance on how on what people are saying about him necessarily, but there are so many reports out there uh, for other things in which it's not true, and it stimulates sometimes from average people. I remember uh, when Conor McGregor lost to Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I think it was the New York Post or the New York New York Times that said McGregor got bloodied. McGregor never shed a bit of blood in that fight, uh, but. They went with that in the headline and misleading people. Uh, but anyway, I, I digress. Uh, someone mentioned that Albert Wilson, the reason he was not retained was because he protested last year for the team. And this guy kept telling me I was wrong. And I was telling him uh, Wilson never protested. And I finally showed him the article that said Wilson never protested with the Chiefs last year. That, that conversation shut down immediately. Then, for some crazy reason, this week there's been a big rumor that Khalil Mack, there's a report out there from Pro Football Talk. And, and I've learned my lesson in this and that. You know, whenever I write something, I'm going to write down, uh, say who sourced it, uh, or, or I'll, excuse me, I'll source the uh, reporter in this or where the uh, story came from. But I talked about how uh, there's a report, a report out there that Khalil Mack could be. Uh, that the rumor is the Raiders want two first round draft picks for Khalil Mack, and. I talked about, you know, this could be big for the AFC West if he does leave or doesn't play, and I got a lot of hate from Raiders fans. I guess this got shared on some sort of Raiders fan page, and I did not source or say where this report came from, and I certainly learned my lesson in that. However, that's not fake news. For any Raiders fans that want to accuse me of that, that was not fake news. So I actually put up a new post actually putting the link to where that story came from, uh, it, you know I, I just have a little patience for these kinds of things like I said I love interacting with you guys love having fun with you guys but if if it comes to that I'm just not even gonna put up with it uh, yeah, anything I post on there uh i i, I will always source from now on and i i've always talked about positive the thing news that is for sure out there uh on the topic there there was one instance where I had something completely uh not factual and I've apologized for that Uh, but other than that, I mean, anyone who's followed me long enough knows that, you know, anything I put on there, it's being talked about. Uh, and by the way, people say I'm a fake reporter. I'm not even a reporter. So the fact that you are referring to me as a reporter, I do take that as a compliment, because I'm not a reporter. I don't report anything. I I talk about things. (laughs) So, uh, but you get the idea. I, I have a little patience for these things now, because they're just dumb, and I'm not putting up with it. So... I'm just banning people left and right. Uh, my ban button has been getting a workout on the Facebook page. So I, I, I'm having fun with that for sure. But I think everyone gets the idea of how I do things on the Facebook page. We good? I, I know you guys listening are, are the logical ones. A couple of those Raiders fans, I mean, hey, they're, I'm, I'm banning them. They're done. But you get the idea. I mean, I, I'm not posting fake news on there, nor am I spreading any rumors. The Khalil Mack story has been out there this week, so... I don't know where the fake news thing came from, but that is fake news. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. The preseason is over with now. Hallelujah. We will talk later this weekend. September the 1st, that is when the roster cuts happen. So on Tuesday, we will have a recap edition looking at the 53-man roster. Even though they do the roster cuts, they may still do some adjusting here and there. That's not finalized necessarily, so we'll give it a day or two before we do a full-on recap of that. So Tuesday, we'll recap the 53-man roster. And then on Thursday, our first game preview of the season, Chiefs-Chargers preview. That'll come out on Thursday, September the 6th. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Chiefs Zone podcast. Appreciate you guys subscribing. Hit the share button as well. Facebook.com slash Farizan Vesugian. Like and follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter at Farzine21, and my email, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Talk to you afterwards.